The 410th edition of the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by the SGPN Patreon. Score exclusive perks, content, contests, including our NFL Wins Totals Contest with a $1,000 prize. Join today at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. We're also brought to you by Game Time. Snag the tickets without the stress. Use promo code SGPN on your first purchase to save $20. Download the Game Time app and use promo code SGPN. We're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Play the Underdog Fantasy Pick'em in college or NFL and win up to 20 times your play in one game. Use promo code SGPN at Underdog Fantasy for a 100% deposit bonus of up to $100. And finally, we're brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and use promo code SGP. New customers can score $200 in bonus bets instantly when they bet just $5 on any NFL game only at the DraftKings Sportsbook with code SGP. Howdy ho, DeGenerinos, and welcome to the 410th episode of the MMA Gambling Podcast and the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. This episode is dedicated to Rose Namajunas' fingers. Thank you for <laughs> coming to the show. If it, the, the hardcores know what, what I'm talking about, and that rhymes to show and know. Or if you're in the Discord, you've seen the pictures that my co-host has posted of Thug Rose's fingers. So anyhow, uh, I would be one of the hosts of this year's show, Jeff Chalks Fox. And it was a chalky evening last night or afternoon or morning, depending on what part of the road you ran uh, yesterday in Paris. Um, I didn't realize how chalky it was until my co-host mentioned after the fact. I just... I don't know. It was a weird event. I was thinking I was doing poorly, but then when all the dust settled, I ended up not doing so bad after all. Uh, we both ended up seven and four, so um, on our overall picks. So let's bring in that there co-host, the aforementioned uh, Gumby God Daniel Breland, right now. We shall discuss all the happenings at UFC Paris. Hello. So a couple of things. First of all, Rose Namajunas' fingers. I thought about not sending that picture to the Discord <laughs> because it was like breakfast time for most people when I sent it. And I was like, if anybody's eating breakfast and this gives them an alert and they look at this, I'm going to feel bad. But then I also felt that it's like, at this point, it's my duty, right, to put the gross picture in the Discord. Yep. So I put so I put the gross picture in the Discord. So that's just so you guys know. I did debate it. Um, and then secondly, uh, uh, last night was... Yes, first of all, super chalky, but the the bonus of it being super chalky was if you were hanging out with the Discord and, and you were talking fights with everybody, we were hitting some props that were not so chalky, uh, which was wow, kind of nice. fun. Yeah, like, uh, you know, Benoit Saint-Denis knockout. We got Manon Firo by decision. We got the under yep. in uh, the Cherier Zucchini fight. There, you know, it's just stuff popping off everywhere. So even when there's a chalky card, there's good reasons to be in the Discord to hit some of those big numbers. Correct, correct. Or if you listen to the show uh, a couple episodes ago, oh, there's Rose's fingers right now. Just popped up on my phone from I think Ariel Hawani jumped on that bandwagon <laughs> as well. Um, I don't know why his thing popped up, but anyhow, uh, I gave out Firo Firo via decision, um, so that hit. So yeah, like I said, ended up things ended up all right in the end. I, I thought it was the prelims again that, that kind of at least tripped me up. I got three wrong in a row in the prelims. And I think that kind of ha- had me feeling I was, uh, I was having a rough night, but turned out. Okay. The, the main card came through the chalky yeah. main card came through. Yeah. And and I will say too, uh, some of those ones that we lost on the prelims, um, you know, we, we like to say that the guys who lost fought for your money at some point in time and, and Lauren definitely did that. Uh, I was, 
you know, we'll get to it. I was blown away on how good Lopez looked, but Lowry and fought for your money. You couldn't ask for many more from Reese McKee, right? Like if, if somebody's gonna, yeah. somebody's not going to come through on one of your bets, like, you know, God bless uh, Reese McKee here. Yeah, it's true. It may be time. I, I should have followed my initial thoughts was to, uh, to fade the, the hyped up Irish cage warriors guys. I should have done it damn, but I didn't. I, I got persuaded into taking them both as dogs and I regretted it. It would have been a much different evening if I had gone with my original thoughts on those fights. Yeah, well, you know, and again, uh, I think I think Lopolis is probably overperforming here, too, and, and do it a little bit better than I thought he would. But, uh, you know, the, you you, you got to give him a chance. You, we, we can't just disqualify everybody from a particular region. <laughs> oh, yes, we can. The uh, <laughs> UFC's uh, Chinese uh, Performance Center, we, we uh, thoroughly uh, faded them, but you don't really see fighters from there anymore. So I guess we knew what we were talking about when we were fading them. Yeah, now Liang's definitely fired, right? <laughs> yes, yes, definitely. Definitely. All right, well, we'll jump into it after I tell you about our friends at DraftKings. Can you believe we've had seven months without an NFL game? crazy right well good thing that is over because nfl is here and DraftKings sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the nfl is giving you a can't miss offer for week one this week new customers get 200 in bonus bets instantly when you bet just five bucks in any nfl game DraftKings is hooking everyone up with game day greatness all customers can take advantage of two new offers every single game day this september check the app to see what you get um Week one, Cowboys is your DraftKings pick, obviously, right? Yeah, it's always Cowboys. They're playing the Giants. It's them every week, I guess, right? Yeah, and that's that's a that's a primetime game too, so you can get yes. even more excited about it. What's uh, what is the Cowboys record going to be this season? Uh I think I saw the over under put at nine and a half, uh, or maybe it was ten and a half. It was either nine and a half or ten and a half. I'll take over both those. I'll say they end with eleven. All right. There you go. I'm sure you can you can bet on that on DraftKings too. They do have futures, of course. Uh, download now and use code SGP to sign up. New customers can take home $200 in bonus bets instantly just for betting five bucks. That's code SGP only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the of the NFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call one hundred Gambler. See DraftKings.com/sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. And we're brought to you by Game Time. This is the place to go if you were stressed out about buying tickets last minute. Maybe you didn't hear about an event in time. Um, anything like that. And you want to get tickets. You want to get the best deal. You want to see where your seats actually are. A actual um, visually, a photo of what it is. Game Time is the spot for you to go to. Um, they've got every every sport, every event, even MMA, of course. Game Time is the place for last minute ticket deals. Forget planning in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. I looked for Blue Jay tickets the other day, and boom, they were there a few hours before the event. So it, they aren't lying. This ad copy is not a liar. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for f- football, basketball, baseball, so- concerts, comedy, theater, and more, aka MMA. Uh, the game time guarantee means you always get the best price if you find tickets in the same section or and or no, sorry, same section and row. I'm adding to their uh, their copy, or I should not. This okay. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. There you go. So that's what where you want to go. You want to go to game time, download the app, 
create an account and use code SGPN for $20 off your first purchase. You can snag the tickets without the stress with game time terms apply again, create an account and redeem code SGPN for $20 off download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, T let's jump into UFC Paris. We kind of already did the Acor arena is where it all happened. A raucous crowd. They were very into their French fighters, not surprisingly. So it was a, it was a very good atmosphere. 15,610 people in attendance, about $4 million in gate. It says exactly $4 million um, was the gates. Main event, zero gain, um, picked apart Sergey Spivak. TKO punches, round two, 344 into the round. Spivak didn't, didn't really, he never got into gear. I, I don't know if um, he was, he definitely was overmatched. I don't know if he mentally was not there, but he seemed to, not give up because he was getting destroyed. Uh, picked apart in the feet, but he uh, he definitely was not the Spivak we were hoping to get because we had him as an underdog. I think, at least on my behalf, I was leaning too much on the on the path to victory rather than just looking at these fighters as a whole and and who's the better fighter, who's more powerful, who's a better athlete, all that stuff. Probably, well, it obviously played a bigger role in this fight than oh Spivak's a better wrestler, so he's gonna wrestle uh gain down and, and get get a victory but nonetheless we took a stab on the underdog he did not fight for our money serial gain came through yeah I, I think i agree with you um probably leaning too much into the path to victory realm here and i'll just say this too is that like it, it seemed like he got the the takedown attempt started too late you know what i mean like it, it, if if you're banking on a wrestler trying to keep a uh you know a a striker at bay and, and trying to make him worry about the takedowns. You got to put a serious takedown attempt on him early. Um, and it wasn't until gain had already started to like pretty badly pick him apart that he attempted anything. And it was kind of a weak attempt on the first time too. Uh, and he didn't put a real strong attempt in until pretty late in that first round. And by then I think gain had the distance picked out and had started to build confidence and wasn't really worried about what was happening. I think he had to put a lot more fear in him in the takedown early on. And, and he just didn't do that. Um, Cause then once it's, you know, once his ribs sticking out the side of his skin, uh, yeah. I, I, yeah. I think at that point in time, you know, you, you've sort of lost your, your chance to, cause, cause really the path to victory, you're right. Takedowns and submissions and, and ground control, but also just like making him worry about those things all the time. And you didn't do the latter. Um, I mean, obviously he didn't do the former either, but he didn't even scare him with the takedown attempts. And, and ultimately, uh, that's the big bummer there. Surreal game, still really good. Uh, I still don't think he jumps. Uh, I still don't think he jumps the winner of Jelton in, in Curtis Blades, though, right? If Jelton beats Curtis Blades come, I think that's in October. That Whoever wins, that's next, right? Yeah, I don't think they want gain in a title oh, fight. Oh, and Tom Aspinall. He's... I didn't even remember. Uh, yeah. Tom Aspinall, I'm not even thinking about. Sergey so Pavlovich. Like, Pavlovich, Aspinall. Yeah, like he's, I, I know after the fight, and, and I know you don't listen to the post-fight interviews and stuff, after the <laughs> fight, he was talking about how he was very confident uh, that it's his turn for a title shot. He should be next, yeah, all that no. kind of good stuff. I, I think he's got to be like fifth or sixth in line, right? Yeah, it's suddenly very crowded up top uh, at, at the heavyweight division. Once we get steep out of there probably jones out of there then then it'll it'll clear up a bit and get get more interesting but yeah he's already had uh two shots of the title and he looked horrible in both of them so i doubt the ufc is going to want to give him another title shot anytime soon yeah aspinall versus uh jelton after john jones vacates is going to be sick <laughs> <laughs> there you go all right so what's happening with game next uh i mean i think he gets whoever's left out in that that threesome 
Uh, so, Pavlovich, you know, we talked maybe. about Pat, we talked about Pavlovich. We talked about Tom Aspinall. We talked about uh, Jelton Almeida. One of those three guys is going to be left out in the wind, right? Like most likely, well, let, let's just call a spade a spade. John Jones is going to beat Stipe. John Jones is most likely going to retire and vacate. So like yeah. if and when that happens, title fight between two out of those three, give game the other one. I heard Pavlovich is weighing in as the, the yep. replacement fighter for Stipe slash yep. John Jones. If John Jones, uh, Vegas, John Jones comes back. But um, <laughs> he's I, never I, left. It's weird. He's been a replacement twice. And I, I'm with you. I still kind of feel like he's the one who gets left out. Yeah, I know it's strange. But Vegas, John Jones is always, always in there. Dan, it's always there. Sure. Yeah, yeah, sure. Deep, no deep, deep down, he's always deep there. Down. Isn't <laughs> it, it a weird it's world? True, John Jones. Isn't it a weird world we're in right now where we're talking about there being too many heavyweight title challengers? Yes, I know. And now, strange, right? and now we're going to transition to talking about how there are too many women's flyweight challengers. There are. Because <laughs> Menon Firo, our girl, I don't know if she's my girl anymore because she's getting kind of. She's not really a, a destroyer of worlds anymore. She's become more of a Holly Holm. Um, I, I think out, that's what outfighter, you've but. I think that's kind of what you have to do when you get to that top of the division, though. No, right? I know. That's the if thing. you're fighting you Victoria Leonardo, up. for sure, go for the kill. <laughs> but, like, yeah. when you're fighting Rose Namajunas, I, I think you got to – and Rose cracked her with some some counters, too. Worth noting. Yep. Yep. So 30-27, 29-28, 29-28. Firo took care of Rose Namajunas. Uh, despite getting a nasty head clash where half of her face was bloody, uh, Rose – Injured her finger, fingers, it looked like, uh, early in the fight, which uh, limited her as well. But, yeah, Firo played the out game, would lunge in, land her strikes, pop back out. Um, decent, uh, very good grappling defense as well, which is good uh, considering what's uh, coming up to the top of the flyweight division. So, yeah, uh, solid performance. Like I said, not, not the most uh, exciting, but uh, solid performance for Manon. Yeah, I will say it did seem like she was fading a little bit at the end, uh, which obviously gives me a little bit of pause for her in five round fights. Because the thing about Manolfi Rowe, uh, despite the fact, and you know, you know, I'm a massive Manolfi Rowe fan. You might be fading on Manolfi Rowe, but I am not. Um, she's only ever gone into a fourth or a fifth round one time in her career. And it was her third pro fight when back when she won the EFC championship in, in South Africa. So, like, and she was one in one at the time, which is just insane. So, like, she's only been five rounds one time. I am a little bit concerned about what five rounds from a Noel Firo looks like. So, uh, I mean, I guess you could say the same thing for Blanchfield. But which of those two do you think they're, let's say in this world, Alexa Grasso beats Valentina Shoshenko. So we don't have to have the unholy trilogy. Um, (laughs) Yep. Can which of those two do you think, uh, you know, put a better stake to their claim here? I I'm thinking it'll be Aaron Blanchfield, um, but I, I think she's probably they probably feel she's more marketable, um, younger, English first language. I uh, not not to be uh, xenophobic or whatever, but that's I'm sure that's what they're thinking. Um, yeah, I'm guessing Aaron Blanchfield probably. Um, hopefully, they don't make them fight each other. But uh, I'm thinking Blanchfield's probably had in line here. That's you know, with the it, trilogy. They, if if the trilogy, they may end up okay. Firo will will fight up Blanchfield and they'll get next. That's that's a problem if we end up with a trilogy here. Yeah, that and that is that's the obvious answer. If Val wins, right, that, that's going to be a trilogy for Grasso most likely, and then we'll, um, you know, we'll work that one in as a 
co-main somewhere or a five rounder somewhere. But uh, I I will say at on fight night, somebody asked in the discord who I thought was next. I can't remember who it was. Sorry for forgetting. Um, And I said Manon, but after thinking about it more and more, I think you're right. Like, yes, she beat the bigger name opponent. Uh, I think she beat her even more handedly than uh, Blanchfield beat Talia Santos because there was some question if Blanchfield had won that fight with Talia Santos. I thought she did, but she like beat Rose more soundly. There was no question. Bigger name, more soundly. And yeah, still to your point, I think when you combine the style of fight Aaron brings and I think when you bring the fact that, yeah, she is way more marketable and you've got the the youngest champ in history angle that right, you can bring with right. her. Like, I think that's just too many things to overcome here for Manon. And, and we definitely wind up with a, with an Aaron Blanchfield title shot. Yep. Um, on the flip side, at least Rose showed up and actually fought. That was, that was a positive. Uh, yeah. That was a better, <laughs> ver- that was a better version of Rose than we saw against Carla yep. Esparza. But I do have to say out the gate here, I worry about her at 25. I don't think her body's. Built. Oh yeah. I don't think yeah, she doesn't really look that much different, really. No, somebody like, put side like by same. side pictures and like, look, Rose got buff. And I was like, I, the, these are the same picture. Like, I, like <laughs> the, the same only picture. thing that was different is it looked like she had a tan in one of them. And I was like, I, I don't know. That'll do it, man. Yeah. I don't, I don't know where this weight is coming from because she looks the same to me. Um, And yeah, like there's just too many women in this division where, being a little bit weaker when, when, you know, let's face it, Rose likes to grapple once in a while, you know, like she yeah. likes to mix in her wrestling and her, her jujitsu, uh, you know, like doing that against somebody like Caitlin Chokagian might be hard for her because Chokagian's so strong, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. or, or doing it against, you know, Lauren Murphy, you know, like Lauren Murphy's really freaking strong. So what like, happened to that girl? Where's yeah, she I don't been? know. I don't know why we haven't seen, I know she was doing some jujitsu contests once. Let's, uh, okay. Let's make that Rose's official second fight in uh, the flyweight division. Rose versus mm. uh, Lauren Murphy. I like it. Why did Rose move up? Did she say why? Were the weight cuts? I think it was just rough? yeah. I think it was just time for the cuts to stop. And she yeah. did say uh, it's been on her goals list for her whole career to be a two division champion. So uh, I think you know, combine the age, combine with the. You know, she's pretty much tapped out every possible fight she can have down there at 115, right? She's fought Whaley twice. Yeah. You know, she's fought most of the, well, maybe not some of those up-and-comers, but she's fought, like, a lot of the top. You know, Andrade is back down there. Uh, she hasn't fought Suarez, but Suarez would kill her. So, I think uh, I, I think it was just running out of ideas and, and you know, getting older. Yep. So, we have Fiero, minus 175. That was my lock, and I fear a decision at plus 138. So that I was happy that came through. Um, happy the next man came through, too. They, they, he's definitely one of our boys. Benoit Saint-Denis, looking better every fight, I would say. His striking's getting better, and he's indestructible, and he's amazing on the ground as it is. He took care of Tiago Moises, TKO punches, had him swinging at air uh, on the feet, and then, um, yeah, just obliterated him in, in every aspect, uh, ground and, and standing. It took him 444 into the second round, but he got the job done for us, got the finish. Performance of the night, actually fight of the night uh, was this fight, Saint-Denis and Moises. And yeah, he, look out for this guy. That's what, three straight finishes for him now? Yeah, and, uh, you know, I, I mentioned on the show, uh, one half of my Hungry Banjong uh, right. parlay last week was Benoit Saint-Denis plus 310 to win by KO. Uh, so that, that nice piece hit right there. Now I didn't hit the second half. Kevin Conte didn't put her foot on the gas. Um, but, no. uh, you know, plus 300 here, 
it did make me sweat though because it looked so clear to me that he wanted to sub Tiago Moises to make a statement. Did it not seem yeah. like, yeah, like he was trying to take that back every chance he got. And finally he was like, oh, if I just throw punches from here, this is over. And I make the same statement. Um, and granted, not exactly the same statement, right? Because, you know, submitting the submission artist. And he, man, the balls on this guy to just, you know, you're winning on the feet against Tiago Moises. And you're like, let's grapple. Let me show you what grappling is, Tiago Moises. Like, man, dude, he is going to have fun fights in this division with so many of those dudes. Like, dude, I'm and, – and I love both these guys, so I hate saying these words right now. But him versus Matthews Gamrot, would that not be a ton of fun? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I was thinking uh, BSD was just going to be a fun action fighter, but he may end up being something more. He's still – he's only 27, too. And he you know, seems I, to be improving every fight. I'm pretty sure I said that during the Eliza Zaleski Dos Santos fight. I was like, this guy is way better than we're giving him credit for. Yeah. Because he went yeah. up a weight class. He, you know, he took the fight on short notice. And now he's just running through. Dude, he's got, in the last, like, three months, he's beaten a Bonfim brother and Tiago Moises. And he finished both of them. Yeah. I mean, he's he's 4-0 with all finishes at lightweight. Which, whether you're fighting ranked fighters or not. Going 4-0 against lightweights, period, with all finishes, is insane. It is. It is. You know what isn't insane? Using underdog fantasy. That's not insane at all. Underdog fantasy has a way to play alongside your favorite football team all season long, as I'm struggling to read today. With their fantasy pick'em game, you pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually spend your Sundays doing, watching the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going 5-4-5. Five, five. It's a fantasy game, but you can win real money. And you can win real money following Gumby and my underdog MLB picks. Yes, baseball picks daily. We are making, uh, hopefully, winning picks for you uh, on these sites. So um, watch along. Football, baseball, whatever sport you want. Watch along, make your picks, and maybe make a little cash over on Underdog's mobile app or website, underdogfantasy.com. And when you sign up with the promo code SGPN, Underdog will double your first deposit up to 100 bucks. That's Underdog Fantasy promo code SGPN. And obviously, make sure you check out the Sports Gambling Podcast Patreon. Sign up for the Patreon to get access to exclusive contests, including the NFL Win Totals Contest with a $1,000 first place prize, plus the weekly Patreon Pick'em. Patreon members also double their prize in the College Football Bankroll Challenge. The Patreon is a great way to support the network and fight back against corporate gambling. Sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. We were, this part of the fight card last night was um, bolstering our bankrolls because we had another winner. Actually, I did, excuse me, Gumby went for the dog here. He went against the stats. Light heavyweight, Volkan Ozdemir uh, made Bogdan Guskov look like he didn't belong. Maybe he doesn't belong. Short notice, fight. His first UFC fight against the best opponent he's ever fought. And he, and he looked that way. Uh, he got submitted rear naked choke, 346 in the first round. Guskov looked gassed after a couple minutes into this fight. Um, Ozdemir was picking part on the feet, and then he ended up finishing him on the ground. I had Ozdemir at minus 175. Yeah, I, I think Guskov is better than people are giving him credit for. 
Because, like, let's face it, in those early exchanges, he I mean, he landed flush on Vulcan Ozdemir yep. a couple of times. And, like, I, I know they were comparing him to, who was the guy who faked his record and then fought? Was oh, it, yeah. Was it yeah, Alonzo? He fought Alonzo Menefield, the guy with the neck tats. Yeah. And, and the, uh, yes. the, yeah. So uh, people were comparing Guskov to the him. I think Guskov's better than him. I do think uh, his gas tank makes him not, like, a serious threat at light heavyweight. But I do think he's UFC caliber. Like the, yeah. there's there's plenty of light heavyweights at the bottom of the UFC's roster who would both lose to Guskov and look exactly like that or worse against Volkan Ozdemir. Um, I, I think obviously this was too big of a step up. I think the, you know, the plus money and the KO power was uh, was a little bit too tempting to me. And I got to pump the brakes on that. But, uh, you know, it was a chalky night. And uh, Volkan Ozdemir by submission is, of course, what everybody predicted anyway. So, do you know the line on that was the was it was plus eighteen hundred? Uh, if anybody did, y- did Yanni tell you after the fact that, that uh, yeah, was the, yeah, the Pre- play to make the pre- I'm in the predatory gambling segment? Yes. <laughs> um, well, he technically Ozdemir was the number ninth ranked fighter heading into that fight too, so he was short notice debut against a top ten opponent. Yeah, it does, man, I, I don't know. Do I have Vulcan Ozdemir ranked that? Yeah, I was going to I was gonna tell okay. you off. Like, how is Ozdemir, he's one in three. He was one in three okay. over his last gonna pull, How I'm is gonna he top ten? I'm going to pull up my official votes on the air right now. Uh, you better not have him. He shouldn't even be ranked, basically. I have, him, I have, him, though, so. I have him nine. <laughs> oh, my God. You're, Dude, such, like, you're sheep. You're who sheep. Would, you follow everybody you, else. Who would you put ahead of him? Give me some are you, names. Are you, you can't put Anthony Smith? Yeah, I would put Anthony Smith ahead of him. You would before, put Anthony the last Smith fight. Yes. over him. <laughs> yes. Even Anthony he Smith. He was one in like three. He, even like he did he just now out. against Ryan Spann. Are you putting Ryan Spann <laughs> no. above him then too? Before that fight, yeah, probably. <laughs> um, he shot. Light heavyweight's very depressing. Yeah, so you we, got probably, we probably should continue. Yeah, this, this is bad. This, is, <laughs> this list doesn't look good. He's also got yeah. wins over people who matter. Well, not not too many, I guess. Man, maybe I ought to yeah, rethink. No, he, well, he won now, so he's in the top yeah. five, right? No, he. I didn't move. Him. <laughs> I didn't move him one spot. Just for the record, yeah. he didn't. He didn't go up any. I almost made no changes to my rankings. I went to go do them this morning. Yeah. And uh, as I was, you know, they've got like a little drag and drop thing that like allows you to yep. just like, pick people up and put them down on their the drag and drop menu. And I'm in the middle of doing it, and I'm like, do I move anybody today? Like. And, like, I, I didn't have to move Surreal up. He's not passing Tom Aspinall in my rankings. No. Tom Aspinall's in front of him. Uh, I was like, Manol Firo, uh, I got a right behind Aaron Blanchfield. Didn't move her up. Uh, Volkan Ostemir, he's not gaining anything by beating a short-notice uh, newcomer. And then, yeah. like, the rest are unranked people. The only person I moved was Benoit Saint-Denis. I moved him up from – I had him at 15, and I think he's 14 or 13 now. All right. boy. On the way up. Another man on the way up. Not quite ranked yet, uh, but at featherweight, William Gomi took care of Yanis Gamori, TKO, body kick, round three, 220 into the round. Oh, this, um, originally this uh, was listed on Wikipedia as a groin kick, (laughs) (laughs) but it's been changed. Uh, So debatable. It was a very strange stoppage. Um, The Gamori claimed that he got kicked low and turned around and was adjusting his cup while the ref was telling him to keep fighting. So he didn't see the ref telling him to keep fighting. And then the ref called the fight off and called it a TKO. It was very strange. Not, not a, not a, uh, not, not a ending that we were looking for, but we still did actually technically win the pick. We had Gomi minus two seven. He was winning the fight. So it's not like the wrong guy won, but strange ending. 
Right. Um, question. So we're now at three and zero with William Gomi in the featherweight yeah. division. Do you think he's good? Hmm. Hard to say. <laughs> who is he? Who is he fought? Really? That's the thing. So like, yeah. So he, he has he a, a, a majority. He has a majority decision over Jarno Aaron's. Uh, one person gave a 10-8 round to Jarno Aarons for a deep submission. Jarno Aarons now uh, 0-2 in the UFC because he also lost to Sung Wu Choi. Uh, yep. He beat Francis Marshall by split decision. Uh, Francis yeah. Marshall That's now, he's 1-2 in the UFC. He beat Marcelo Rojo, but then he got absolutely obliterated by Isaac Dolgarian. Uh, and now he beat Giannis Gamori, who's a newcomer in the UFC. So... All of the people that fight was fought. just made too the, the week of the fight. Yeah, he was supposed to fight. Too, so, he was yeah. supposed to fight Lucas Almeida. Yeah, that that, that would have told us more, obviously, yeah. uh, than than the fight last night. So, um, stay tuned is what I had to yeah. say. I don't know if he's good or not. So maybe we make some money though if people think he's good. I think I think he's one of the worst three and O guys in the UFC. Ah, we got to remember that whenever he gets matched up next, maybe we'll get a nice line. Yeah, I I think uh, I think him at three and zero is gonna get like a little bit of step up, maybe to somewhere like uh, somewhere like a Pat Sabatini, and he's just gonna okay, get well, a, he's just gonna get obliterated. Yeah. <laughs> so. That seems to be the word of the word of the podcast today is obliterated. Um, Mano Zacchini's uh, liver got obliterated last night by another French featherweight, Morgan Cherrier. He he uh, was the one Cage Warriors, uh, former Cage Warriors champion, who actually came through last night and and looked good and won us some money. KO, body kick and punches, picked apart Zakini, three fifty one in the first round. Now he Cherrier looks like a, a a legit prospect here. We had him at minus three hundred. Yeah, he looked better than his usual uh, uh, French Solomon Renfro. You know, like I, I call him the French Solomon Renfro because sometimes he looks so damn good. Sometimes he looks, you know, eh. Um, and this was certainly the so damn good per- part, if it is so damn good. But also, like, it looks like he's starting to actually start to put things together um, in a way that makes him a, you know, a real piece. I mean, at this point in time, we're talking about the guy having, does he have 30 pro fights already? Or he's got to be mm, close to 30. See. He's got, that was fight 29. So, yeah. Yeah. So, like, he has been fighting forever at this point. Um, and it does seem like he's coming into his own. So, maybe we'll... Uh, Maybe maybe we'll see a Morgan Cherrier run up the. I mean, he would beat William Gomi. Are we? We're, we're yes, sure about that. I was going to say, sure. we, we going to match those two up. <laughs> I mean, probably you, they're probably not because they're both French guys, but they'll. Yeah. Uh, you know, whatever matchup Cherrier gets uh, should be harder than William Gomi. Yep. So that was the main card, and it uh, came through for me five and one. Uh, Gomi went four and two. So yeah, the main card was where the money was made last night. Um, Let's keep on our Cage Warriors role here. I took three straight Cage Warriors former champions. Only uh, Sherry is the only one that came through. Bannerweight was the main event of the prelims. Taylor Lapolis looked very good in his UFC return after seven years away. Uh, beat Cal Lochran, 29-28 across the board. Like I said about, I picked Lochran. I, I picked him on the air. I was, I was against him going into it. And then I let myself uh, second guess myself. He's just too hittable, and that was the case last night, I think. Well, and that night, I think maybe we underrated how good Lopolis is at stuff and takedowns. Um, because, I, yeah. you know, we we cited some stats from his first time in the UFC, but to your point, it was seven years ago. And since then, he's fought guys who can wrestle pretty well, like Nate Manis can wrestle pretty well, Wilson Hayes can wrestle pretty well, and he, like, handled both of those guys. So, 
Uh, maybe we just underestimated that, uh, you know, this guy has, has shored up his wrestling side of his game and, you know, his striking's good enough that maybe we need to be talking about it anyway. Is Lockman going to be another two, uh, oh and two out of the UFC Irish prospect? I don't think so. There, he'd beat Bantamweights, right? Like they're a bit. I guess we'll see. We'll see the, who they who they match him up with. Yeah, but like I'm I'm thinking of the the, the types of um, guys who are at the bottom weight of the the bantamweight division. And I, let me let me just pull this up real quick. I usually have this tab open while I'm talking. Mm. This is great radio. I know it is. Yeah, I'm always good always at this. Is. Yeah. No, like the, okay. What you're looking up? I'm looking up Bantamweight, who I think he'd okay. have to fight. You know, and uh, you know, let's see. He, if he fought Dan Argueta, how, how would he do against Dan Argueta? How determined would Dan be in that fight? That, that Very determined. Yeah. Or like yeah. he'd beat Stephen Kozlow, who's 0-1 in the UFC. I'd pick him over Raul. Yeah, I'd pick him over Raul Rosas Jr. right now. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah, and, and I think like, it would too. It's true. Yeah, and and these are guys who are like bouncing around the division. I mean, they set Raul Rosas Jr. up with a very winnable fight against Terrence Mitchell. He'd tear Terrence Mitchell apart. He'd beat Jose Johnson, who just lost to Demond Blackshear. Like, there's plenty of guys he could beat. We'll see if they actually match him up with one or not. No, oh, they'll um, probably give him a newcomer he's never heard of before and uh, yeah. just let him obliterate him. Maybe uh, Reese McKee got obliterated until he started obliterating Angelusa, but it was too little too late. Lusa looked very good last night at welterweight against McKee. He beat him 30-27, We were both in on McKee as an underdog. He fought for our money, as we like to say. Um, but yeah, we we've made, we made made excuses for his first run through the UFC where he went 0-2. Now he's 0-3, so how how much more rope are we going to give this this Skeletor character? Uh, I think you're going to give him a little bit more, but I will say uh, it was kind of alarming that somebody didn't give him that third round. Was it not? Oh, really? Yeah. Well, that was, that, that was the, the, the least of their errors last night with the scorecards. I didn't notice that. Yeah. They, somebody gave, you know, Lusa all three rounds, which I don't think oh, was that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then, right, I mean, right, we're, right. I mean, we might as well bounce right into the next fight too. Speaking of weird scorecards. Nora Cornell. She's she's uh, lovely, but I didn't think she won that fight. Um, this is one of those damage versus uh, control slash grappling uh, debates. She took care of Jocelyn Edwards, 30-27, 30-27, Gumby had Cornell as a slight underdog, even money, plus 100. The only still... underdog of the night. <laughs> and and it was a controversial decision. Uh, definitely was not 30-27. That, that we, can, uh, we can definitely agree on. Um, and I, I say if, if a lay person was just watching that fight, they're going to say Jocelyn Edwards won the fight, which I think is how fights should be scored. If it should be, if, if anybody sits down to watch a fight, you should be able to who, tell who won. It shouldn't be like, well, this person actually hit them more. Like it looked like Edwards was dominating the fight, but I know it was I, close to us. I'm not sure I'm ready. Guys. I'm not sure I'm ready to say that MMA needs to be scored by lay people. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm hesitant to say it should just be whatever people are watching should for sure. Um, yeah, maybe a mildly educated fan should be able to not question what they're watching. Um, but like, you know, 
I know I know people who are just, you know, tangentially sometimes watch MMA and think if somebody shoots a takedown, they're a pussy and they shouldn't win. Um, and that's like not the kind of stuff I want in there. But I will also say this. I think just I, I think the right person won. I scored the fight for Nora Cornell. I thought she won the first and the third. Granted, you know, maybe I had rose colored glasses on and was rooting for her anyway. But I will also say I think Jocelyn Edwards a thousand percent would have won that fight if she threw any kind of offense on the ground. Like in the, she clearly won the second, which is why those 30 to 27s are terrible. And guess what? Ben Cartilage just won another one of those 30 27s. Um, and so like, I think she definitely won the second. So that 29, 28 scorecards, right. But I think she definitely won one the other, one of the other rounds. If she just opened up a little bit on the mat, it's not like Cornell was throwing up submissions that were going to catch her. She just had to throw a few more punches and, and the optics would have been enough for her to win those, that fight. Yeah, it's true. It's true, but yeah, I, I was I was surprised. Uh, I thought um, Edwards had that one in the bag, but I was incorrect, obviously. So, anyhow, we'll we'll see what uh, Cornell can do going forward. Bantamweight Farid Basharat looked fantastic against Cleason Hodhigas. Um, made quick work of him on the ground, arm a triangle choke, four fifteen into the first round. We had Basharat here. I just love, and I won't say much about this, but I just love that the Basharat brothers are the types of guys who. If you try to do anything mildly fancy against them, they will make you hurt for it. Um, yeah. you, you just can't do anything except for the most technical stuff against them because they will exploit a hole in your game. And that, and that is what he did. And then in the opener, it was a 140-pound catch weight. Horrible fight. Jacqueline Cavalcanti <laughs> came through for a short notice debut against Zara Farron, perhaps the worst fighter in the UFC. She's now oh, maybe the worst woman ever in the UFC. Maybe I think she's I think she's the female version of CM Punk. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, she she did not look much better in that fight. Um, but we were on the right side of that one, so I don't know about Cavalcanti either going forward. We'll have to wait and see. Um, I I think she's good enough. I I think the problem here is that she was just so much better at what she was doing that she didn't have to put her foot on the gas at all. Um, yeah. And being that it was on short notice, she was hesitant to put her foot on the gas, seeing what she had in the tank. Yep. Fair enough. It it started uh, the, uh, the night off correctly for us as I stumbled my way to the finish here. Uh, we both ended up seven to four, lost a little bit of money, but less than a hundred bucks. Um, so on the year, I'm still 59%. Gumby is 55. I'm trying to get myself back up to 60. Uh, our fancy plays came through okay. Uh, Gumby had Benoit Saint-Denis as his lock. I had Fierro as my lock. That hit. We missed on our dogs. We we had the cage, Irish cage warrior champion at dogs. He had lock when I had McKee. They both did not come through. To be fair, no dogs a- did. <laughs> no, that is fair. And then our props came through. He had Sherrier under a round and a half at plus 165. That was a nice hit. And I had Fierro decision plus 138. So nice hits there. Yeah, that was a that was a surprisingly good night for as much chalk was out there. Yes, it was. It, like I said, I didn't think I did well until I until I um, did the recap. I'm like, oh, we ended up doing pretty good. Uh, Benoit Saint Denis, Diego Moises, fight of the night. I told everybody that, and then Gain and Charrier were performance of the night. And the Octagon is still continuing its international tour. It's headed to Sydney, New South Wales, now in Australia. The Kudos Bank Arena. This coming Saturday, Sunday in their world, Saturday in our world. UFC 293 Adesanya versus Strickland. Main event, of course, is Israel Adesanya versus Sean Strickland. Then we got Tai Tuivasa, Alexander Volkov, Manel Cape, Felipe Dos Santos, Justin Toffa, Austin Lane, 
Tyson Pedro, Anton Turkoji, Turkoj, Turkoj. Oh, you, pleasure man. you don't remember guys. how to say his name? No, the pleasure man. Tur- we just Tur- call him the pleasure Turkali. Man. All right, Tur- Turkali. We, he goes by his nickname mostly. So that is the main card. Prelims, Carlos Olberg, Dang Jung, Jack Jenkins, Chepe Marishaw, Jimmy Malarkey, John McDessie. He's still around. Uh, Nazrat Hakparast, Landon Quinones. That is the prelims, early prelims. Mike Mathitha. We call him Blood Diamond versus Charlie Radke. Shane Young, Gabriel Miranda, Kevin Joseph, Kiefer Crosby. Another Irish prospect. Are we going to fade him? We'll have to wait and see. Thoughts on the card? Oh, uh, it's fun. Uh, I like. Uh, yeah, I like how you you gave the nickname for for Blood Diamond, but not his opponent. Oh yes, uh, Blood Diamond versus Chuck Buffalo. <laughs> That's the, the greatest matchup in history. Blood it Diamond versus Chuck Buffalo is is the best <laughs> oh, thing I've ever seen. Um, no, it's exciting. I, I really like that Jack Jenkins Chepe Marsicall fight. Um, I think that one's really fun. I also, you know, if you're in the Discord, we're already talking about it. The line yeah. on Tyson Pedro is insane. Get it while you can. <laughs> yep. They're, they are already making the plays for next week in the Discord. So sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Discord. So you, um, and then if you want a senior year holes, you're going to have to wait till Wednesday for us to break down this card. We'll do the prelims Wednesday. Thursday will be the main card in the fancy, fancy picks. But we'll, we'll be back before that. We're going to come back probably right now. Check your feed. We got Dana Wick Contender Series week five picks for you. Um, in the meantime, Discord, sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Discord. Twitter, SGPN MMA. Gumby Vreeland, Jeff Fox writer. That's the handles. Um, Jeff Fox writer on Instagram as well. He's got a top turtle MMA podcast. It's Gumby and not me. And he interviews people and it's good. You should listen to that. I got a Substack you should subscribe to and enter my pick em contest and read my writing at moneymma.substack.com. And you should hang out at sportsgumbypodcast.com all the time. Make it your homepage and join our, our Patreon so we can crush corporate gambling. So, all right, that's enough from us. Um, we got to come back and tell you about some contender series fights. So it'll be me, Chuck Buffalo, Jeff Fox, and ferocious Gumby Vreeland will be riding shotgun. See you then.